Hey, this is Matt Irwin, and you're listening to Music City Gold on Penalty Box Radio. Everybody to another episode of Music City Gold. I'm your host Kyle. With me, as always, are my co-hosts Daniel and Matt. Hello, hey guys. How was your weekend? Been busy, Kyle. You're telling me it's been busy. Heck of a month here. I feel like we have something almost every Saturday. Hence, why we're recording on a Tuesday now. So back to the old faithful and true Tuesday night. Yeah, I initially tweeted out that we were going to record Saturday because that was actually working out really good for us. But you've got a practice coming up, Daniel, Saturday. I got something I've got to do Friday morning, Friday, sorry, Friday night, Saturday morning. Back to back Saturdays. And Matt's more awake tonight. That's right. (laughs) A little more lively. I got my hat on backwards. I'm ready to go. It's more in his schedule. (laughs) It's a fun day, isn't it, Matt? Matt That's right. Matt will talk a little bit more on this episode. (laughs) Well, I will say this weekend, well, prior weekend, I got to cover the Southeastern Conference Collegiate Hockey Tournament. How'd that go for you? It was great. There was a lot of teams. Arkansas took the SEC champion for 2018. It was a pretty good time. I got to cover some games up. Also got to meet some of the fine people who run some of the local uh, Predators groups. So I got to meet the people who run 7th Predator, Smashville Proud, uh, Pred Smart, and got to meet the guy who does the Vanderbilt Basketball PA. Got a nice booming voice. Oh, he does. Almost Paul-worthy. It's kind of hard to beat Paul, but, you know, we're a little partial. (laughs) <laughs> and of course, this was put on by Penalty Box Radio. It's a term that they do for the uh, American Collegiate Hockey Association, or the ACHA. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, the home team was Vanderbilt. They didn't uh, do too well. They finished up in uh, eighth place. Out of... They got they got murdered. I was just looking at some of the scores throughout the day. It, it got bad real quick. Yeah. Last one was 16-2. to two. Oh, is, wow. that, is that a football game? <laughs> Did they score a safety? <laughs> well, it was a special situation because the goalie uh, was a forward that day. So I'm not really sure what happened with the goalie, but gave it his best effort. And you know what? A-plus for getting out there and doing it. Yeah. I mean, A-plus for the effort, but the scoreboard doesn't lie. <laughs> I mean, 16 that is true. to 2. If you have the ability to come next season and do it, work it. It's especially fun. You meet a lot of great people. You get more involved in the hockey community. And it's definitely something, if you do consider yourself a fan, that we need help. So, like, we need people to do uh, scorekeeping, stats, writing games up like me. I was impressed with the South Carolina team. They brought a whole broadcast crew, a whole fully funded college broadcast crew. That's that's so legit. <laughs> Who knew hockey was so big in the in South, South Carolina? <laughs> but, you know. I know. I'm sitting up there, and I was like, they're coming up with all the gear, and I'm like, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're covering the game. They're like, like live streaming it. And yeah. They had a camera <laughs> set up. They had a play-by-play and a color analyst. It was awesome. That's pretty sweet. I don't know what Matt did. I, I thought he was going to be doing uh, some of the write-ups, but it seems like he's just still in moving in mode. Yeah, I'm still in moving mode and packing my entire life up. And How hard is it to pack up stuff for a house? Well, when you have a lot of junk, it takes and a while. And when you have a dog. And I, I told you we have been we've been short a person. I only have a three man crew, so when I'm down a person, it's just two people, and I'm having to sign papers for the bank and all this stuff while being at work and having to go to meetings. While it's just it's been a nightmare. So I'm Has ready for your that to dog be over. destroyed the apartment? Yeah, I've, I've been having to replace like eight patches of carpet that he ripped up, and <laughs> yeah, it's been an event. But we close on the house in like a week or so, so that'll be. Good Valentine's, Valentine's Day present. Yeah. Hopefully everyone got a Valentine's Day. Yeah. Shocker. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day tomorrow. So yeah. boys. People at work were asking, what'd you get your wife? And I said, well, I just bought her a house. So I don't know how you can <laughs> Boom. <talk about. laughs> Beat me this year. Well, what about Kyle, Kyle just shrugged. <laughs> Saving money because, you know, single now. So don't have to worry about it, which means happy single day to me tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> happy. Get your dog I just a saved nice money. Yeah. Get Vinny the mob dog something. Definitely. All right, guys, let's get into it. We are recording this during the Preds-Blues game. Mm, Not going too hot. Not well at all. Blues lead 3-0 of a Preds team that looks very disjointed. Passing's not good. Shots aren't good. Placement's not good. 
In uh, fact, I think they're still having jet lag from the the Eastern Canada trip. Yeah, three shots on goal this period. It looks like so far in the second. Not good. There's not like good a minute see. left. That's yeah, it, not it's good at all. really bad. Which is ironic because the Preds are currently first in their division, second in the conference, and fourth in the league. So you know, if you're gonna have a bad night, at least don't do it against a divisional rival. Yeah, this is this is gonna be a tough one. You know, but the Blues have played way more games than us. Definitely. So we still got a lot of ground to make up, but uh, coming out flat at home is is kind of rough. So I will we'll say see though, where we end up, and we'll keep updating as the the game goes on. If by some miracle the Preds do pull this out, that will be their thirty fourth win. If they don't, it'll be their thirteenth loss. Which thirteen losses this far into the season is not bad at all. Uh, yeah. Uh, we are so much further ahead of where we were at this point last season. It's it's almost mind mind boggling at this point. So uh, I'll take it any day. Do you know who we're better though? We're better than the Red Wings. Yeah, at the current moment, for sure. I mean, I wasn't expecting the Red Wings to make the playoffs this year, though. So no, I don't think anyone was. You know, at least those Red Wing fans aren't trying to burn the city down. So we might get to <laughs> more news on that later. So. True. So Matt, are you going to go to the game Saturday? Uh, it's yet to be determined. I don't know. It's going to be tight with your move-in schedule. Yeah. And I like I haven't bought tickets yet, and I'm on call. I think is that this weekend. I'm on call so much. It's next have weekend. No idea. Next weekend, yeah, I am on call. Next weekend. Oh. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Going around the league news real quick. So what do you think about Seattle? Release the Kraken, baby. It's gonna That's happen. That's all I'm gonna say. Is that the official? Yep. I, I mean, I liked it. Did you see? Uh, it's not the Adams, official name. Did you see Adam's uh, little picture that he drew up of the Kraken? You didn't no, get to see it. I don't think he posted so. it on our account. It was a, a full picture of it was the space needle, and it was like the tentacles of the Kraken were cool. were wrapped around it. He did an excellent job on it. I was like, hey, that's just a great example of what they could do with that logo. Yeah, kind of so, looks like the Cthulhu uh, Cthulhu Mythos, which is a public domain you can actually use. So, yeah, cool. it's it's going to be interesting to see what they land with. But didn't they put down the initial ten million? I think that just happened today, actually. Yep, Elliot Freeman tweeted that Seattle formally files their application and put down their ten million dollar down payment. <laughs> Could you imagine a ten million down payment on a house, Matt? It's pretty nice. You know, I'm just saying, you don't have that kind of money. Yeah, I didn't see very many details, but I had seen that some news about them had come out today and that the earliest they could possibly have a team was by the 2020 season. That's actually pretty quick, though, if you think about it. I mean, what, two years in between, and then we'd have to deal with another expansion draft? So I'm sure all the GMs around the league are already trying to strategize those favorable expansion rules now and who are you going to protect. I wonder, and if what? Gonna, I wonder if they're going to change the rules. I don't think so. Everybody's they, crying, you know, recent news, everybody's crying about how Vegas is doing so well with their roster, but I don't think it's so much that the rules were too favorable for Vegas as so much as it is that Vegas just happened to get the right pieces and it's just kind of a happy story the way all the players have fought to try to work together and be be the best they can. Well, I think it really comes back to the fact that if you look at Nashville's expansion era, it was nothing more than a bunch of fourth liners and AHLers. And maybe some top uh, third liners that got basically put on your first line for Nashville. Now you fast forward all the way to Vegas and it's, hey, here's some very good players that we just don't want their contracts or they're really good AHL players or they're just players that people are like, you know what, we don't need them. I think we talked about it before that the quality, the overall quality of the league has risen and it's it's crazy what you can get for a lower price now. And I think also you saw that where they were protecting players that were way up there on their list, but... You know, these players might not have meant or were key parts in their team, and they were left exposed, and they got super favorable with, like, the Pittsburgh Penguins having two Stanley Cup winning goaltenders. Uh, I mean, that's... One has that's, to go. And one had to go. Uh, I mean, that's very, very fortunate. So they picked a great year to join the league. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I, the, the league, uh, the draft for them was was certainly more favorable than when Nashville had their draft. The question is, is it is it going to be too favorable going into the future with Seattle becoming a team? Are they going to change it or are they just going to leave it the way it is? Well, just time will time will tell on that one. We'll have to see. Yeah, it, it'll be, well, this was just the down payment. So well, yeah. there's going to be plenty of hurdles to jump through yeah. as far as what the NHL is going to require for them. And then they'll get into the nitty gritty and then we'll start looking ahead towards 
another expansion draft. Woo! Oh, I know, right? And I want to talk about something real quick. So we're going to get into the Forsberg suspension in just a few minutes. But the Department of Player Safety has had quite the week, though, guys. Uh, they had to do some making up for some terrible calls the week before. So uh, it was kind of interesting. So who who got suspended this week, Kyle? Uh, Dustin Brown got suspended one game for knee and bolts Mikhail Sergachev. Sir- mm-hmm. And then likewise, the uh, Senators, Alexander Burroughs, was suspended 10 games. Yeah, suck it, Burroughs. First of all, I almost think that that wasn't enough. I mean, watching the video... Dude, it was like malicious. I mean, yeah, he just went word. after him. And if you're kneeing someone who's down on the ice, like a fight's a fight. Like both players have initiated the fight. They both want to fight. But when you broadside someone, get them on the ground, they can't, they're helpless. You start punching them. The ref's trying to intervene. And then he's like, well, guess what? The ref has my hands and arms. I'm just going to knee him in the back of the head. Yeah, multiple times. Multiple times. Like He's a dirty player. You don't like to see that. He w- That was like really an emotional thing. Like It wasn't just a spur of the moment. First of all, Turris went over there and checked him and knocked him to the ground. It was a great clean check, and then he got all mad about that and decided to come back and basically maliciously attack Turris. So dirty player, clean play by Turris. He was just all mad and butthurt and wanted to try to get back at him, but that's not the way to do it. Taylor Hall. Who did I say? <laughs> He's Turris. a tourist. Oh, yeah, he's Taylor. he's our player now. But <laughs> yeah. He, Sorry, yeah. he's former senator. Yeah, Taylor you're li- you're living back in October, man. Yeah. Well, I was thinking uh, Ottawa, and that's where yeah he came from. You so. just immediately yeah. went to Kyle yeah. Turris, your favorite yeah. former senator. Since we're talking about fighting, did you guys happen to see that video I posted on the uh, Music City Gold account regarding the ECHL brawl? It was a flat out brawl. I mean, it's, I think even Bob McKenzie even retweeted it or something because. When you got both goalies dropping the pads, it's old school NHL fighting. It reminded me of Colorado and the Red Wings. Yeah. Oh, glorious yeah, so, 90s matchups where just blood's on the ice. Oh, so good. So if you weren't aware, what it was is the Toledo Walleye and the Kansas City Mavericks, which are two uh, teams of the ECHL, were going at it Saturday night. And all of a sudden, this giant fight breaks out. And Kevin Tanzi of the Walleye said that he was told by players on the Mavs that were coming out there that they were sent there to fight him because the the Mavs were basically getting their butt handed to them. It was a pretty strong check. And then the next thing you know, there was another one straight to the face or the neck region, and that was like when it all broke loose. But it's very it was very interesting to see goalies drop their pads because that's, that's really uncommon. They kind of stay back and kind of mentally prefer, prepare themselves for the, the next set piece or the game and Man, it was great. Like, the goalies were even dropping their gloves, and, and they're smiling at the end here, at the end of the video. Like, they thoroughly enjoyed it. But Do you think that has a setback for the NHL as a whole? Because the NHL's trying to get fighting to be brought down, and now they've got two of their lower league affiliate teams just duking it out. I don't mind the fighting. I rather like it, as do the fans. I don't think it's as big of a safety issue. It's not that big. The bigger deal is the... The dirty hits. The larger concern, really, you're seeing a faster style of play in NHL the last few years, and the faster this player skate, the higher the collision speed, which means there's going to be more injuries. And on top of that, the dirty hits and all that. So that's much more of an injury risk than than two players are willingly going at it, you know, just to fisticuffs. That's kind of exciting to the sport, so I don't mind that. Well, moving on. Mike Fisher's coming back, boys. It was interesting because we had already had all of our notes set up for today. And then there was an impromptu David Poyle Wizard press conference. And then all of a sudden we had to restructure everything. But he even said today that it looks like it's going to be March the 1st. Yep, because he's got to be signed at the latest by February 26th, which is a trade deadline. I I looked that up. You know that's a, a road game, which I thought was kind of interesting. So would you reinsert him on road games before making his home appearance on like, I think it was the, the sixth or let me check the schedule. But it, I thought that was kind of weird. I'd rather have him early, even though it's not a home game, just go ahead and have him early. That way he can be an assistance to the team as quick as possible and then have a big ovation for him once he comes home or whatnot. Well, the uh, the 25th, they're playing St. Louis again at home. So I thought, you know, trade deadline's 26th, you could sign them 25th, 26th, you know, whatever. You could sign them earlier if you wanted to, but it looks like they're going to wait all the way up to the 26th to sign him. That's, that's odd because Poirot doesn't usually wait. He's not a last-minute kind of guy. He likes to do things early. Must yeah, be some other plan. Uh, there. I think it's probably having to do with some of the trade deadline because I know there's lots of, of uh, 
of chatter going around about the prospects like Evander Kane, Rick Nash, Mike Hoffman, Max Pacioretty. It seems more likely that we're going after Nash, but even today, Poyle was talking, the prices are too high right now. I mean, we're, and almost as you get closer to that trade deadline, I feel like the prices are going to get higher. Rick Nash, they're they're asking for like a first round, maybe a top prospect and a lesser prospect. Do you honestly think we're going to give a first round pick and prospects for Rick Nash as a as a rental? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Nash personally. I'd I'd pick somebody else. I'll pass on him, especially for that asking price. But like like you said, there's just not a whole lot of people that are selling right now. What if we went the middle ground? What if we went to Detroit? and got a Thomas Tatar for for like a second-round pick. To be honest, I think that's the way better value. You could only give up a second-round pick. You're getting someone who has great goal-scoring ability. Um, The other night, he ripped one. His handling is so much better. I don't know. It's kind of a toss-up because you could go after Nyquist too. Hey, I like Tatar. I think you I guys like Tatar. Know that in my wedding, at my wedding, we did wedding pictures where we put on Tatar jerseys. And I know. Pictures. So... <laughs> For you, this is like a oh, win-win, yeah. baby. Could you imagine if they, awesome. they signed Tatar and you came down here? That would be Boy, awesome. Matt would be a Predators fan, <laughs> finally. <laughs> Could we win you over a little bit? That, that would help for sure. Would you get you a gold Tatar jersey? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. So uh, I'm just saying for the price, I, I personally like Tatar and the production. He's, he's still producing great numbers. I agree. He'd be a third-line left winger, exactly what we're looking for. Uh, I don't know, and we we got plenty of other. Go ahead, Kyle. I see you're you're just smiling ear to ear. What's going on? I just want to ask Matt if he gets a gold Tatar jersey, will you burn the red one? No, no, he's not gonna burn I'm that. Not gonna that's burn OG. a Red Wings jersey. But that said, he would like the Preds just a little bit more. It's like every acquisition, uh, we're slowly winning him over. But uh, like I said, I think that's the better bargain. I think you already have Mike coming back. So it's like we're already getting a boost without paying much. Why mess up and spend a ton of money or mess up what's been working, obviously, for most of the season? Right. Well, if you look what uh, Justin Bradford actually tweeted, David Poyle said something to that earlier today. He said, maybe maybe this is our team. We've been, we've been playing consistently all year. The worst thing I could do is make a trade where somebody didn't fit in. And that goes to show that our, we like our team the way it is. Why try to change it? Everyone just got healthy. Yeah. Forsberg just came back. We're three and zero with Forsberg and Ellis back. Well, that might change tonight, but still, great, <laughs> great win percentage so far. Um, even if we lose tonight, you're still winning seventy five percent of your games with your healthy team. Uh, yeah, we're gonna take seventy five percent all day. That's gonna get you first place in the division. But I do like the idea. I don't know. Maybe it's just a fanboy me. I want to bring in some special player you do. to make that all exciting run for the cup. Put in all my chips. I'm going hard for this round. But there is one special player, Matt. But he's just not in the NHL right now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's in Finland, and he is currently on the first line, the first line of the Finnish national team. And you know they contacted his agent to see if he'd be interested, and that's Eli Tolvanen. Oh yeah, my boy. Would you flip out if he if we happen to pull him up, burn his rookie co- the front That's, first year? We talked about this the other day. I'm a fan. Screw the half year of his contract of his entry level deal because we're in Cup win now, now right mode. now. Screw next year. I don't need next year. I don't need a better deal four years from now. I need the player on my team to win the Cup now while we have the best chance. And you're talking production. You're talking someone who beat Kuznetsov record. That's right. Who also is in the NHL right now and kicking butt for the Capitals. So I'm just saying, he's been playing against top-tier talent. You're about to see him on an even elevated stage. You're playing against all of the best talent, minus, obviously, the NHL. But this is the whole rest of the world. He's about to do it. He's about to be on the first line. We're going to get to see him in prime time. I'm recording every single Finnish national team game. Sign him up. And I'm just saying, like I said... When's the last game of the Olympics? The 25th. What happens if they're in the gold gold medal match on the 25th? Boom, they win the gold medal. Finland, sign him. Fly him straight over to Nashville. That's what I'm talking about. Dude, I'd be so excited. But the question is, should Tolovan come over, where does he go? Um, you mean, where does he fit in the lineup? Yep. Well, obviously, he hasn't been taking a ton of reps. He's new to the NHL. He's going to have to get used to that NHL ice. 
I think um, you're not going to start on fourth line. He's too good for fourth line. Yeah, I think third. I think third line is honestly a good place to start. He would start with Mike Fisher, which <laughs> that's a good veteran player to start with, by the way, uh, to learn the, the the Predators system. If he did happen to come up, I'm just saying, it. I'd probably start him third line first, and then of course you have another month or two for Lavi to kind of jumble some lines. It would be kind of interesting because would you drop Smith or Fiala down? If he starts getting really hot, oh, does he move up to the top line? God forbid we break up the Jofa line, but that that's very far-fetched. I think the more responsible thing for right now would be get him into the system, get him going, put him on the third line, and you're talking about a massive power play improvement. Insane. Sharpshooter. Tarasenko-esque release. It's just interesting to see what David Poyle will do because GMs are known to look years in the future, you know, and think about coming up. So is he going to play his cards close to the vest and not burn that half year of his contract? Or is he going to do what I want to do and all the fanboys want to do, get him over here now because we're in win-now mode and let's make it happen. It's so tempting. That's what but, I want to but do. But hold on. But if he if he pulls him over here and our offense just goes bonanza and we win a cup this year, I'm just saying no one's going to fault him. But if he pulls him over here – and we still don't make it, and then we struggle. I still wouldn't fault him because I think you're adding, you're adding the best pieces possible. The only thing you could fault him for is well that amount of money that you burn to make a difference in a couple years. And it's not even really that much money. It's more or less another year on his contract that we wouldn't have to pay him right, the money, the big bucks. Because the problem is, when that time comes, how much are we going to have at that time to spend on him? Yeah. That's usually, that's uh, generally the area when a lot of our big contracts are going to expire. So if someone was underperforming, kick them to the curb, and now you got a big juicy contract, and we have Tolvin in locked in for four or five more years. Poyle Poyle is very excellent at that, and just looking at our you know salary cap right now, he's gonna he's gonna work his magic. But you know he's thinking long term. But you can't argue with pulling him up now and boosting your team. For a Stanley Cup. That's one reign of the night, but Tolvanen is, is going to impress, hopefully, at the Olympics. I think that's almost like his tryout right now. And I will say, we've enjoyed watching Tolvanen so much, we're actually getting some Jokerit gear. Yeah, I'm going to place the order tonight, so you're just getting wimpy pins and stuff. No, you're not. You're getting that sweet hoodie. I am. So we're trying to talk Matt into some, some awesome gear so we can support Tolvanen on That's his right. first game here. That's right. <laughs> With that OG Jokerit gear. You know, I showed somebody at work the Jokerit uh, jersey, and they didn't like it. Oh, what? my gosh. Are, you kidding the, me? are they hockey fans? They said it looked cartoonish. The the colors. They're so vibrant. Anyway, let's not get started on that rant. But I was like, how dare good, you insult Otto? That's a good Otto. sweater. That's and they a were good like, sweater. They said, who's Otto? I was like, Otto's the clown. I was like, learn yourself something. Well, they're just not true hockey fans. So Anyway, Kyle, let's get into the games. Definitely. So, first game on our docket was New York at Nashville, which is probably the mo- one of the most controversial games we're going to cover because this was the infamous the butt Forsberg check. butt check on VC where he quote unquote gave VC a concussion with his butt. <laughs> he gave someone a concussion with his butt. Now, the apartment player safety said it was an elbow to the head. And what was funny is the ref didn't even call this a penalty. The hit happened, VC goes down. We keep going. Next thing we know, apartment player safety is like, hey, we're going to take a look at this. I didn't even know it was under review, yeah. I might add. This is Super Bowl Sunday, and we're <laughs> That's like, what? I, what? I didn't know it was in question. Like, really? I mean, even looking at the video, it was such weak sauce. Like, he butt-checked him, and then that bent him over into his elbow. And this gives me a good question. VC was already skating low to begin with. His head was already down. And I remember them talking one thing about player safety is not only for the offender, but also the offendee, is positions of your body. If I was to check you, Matt, like that, and you're low, and my, quote, elbow hits you in the head because your head's down too low, whose fault is that really at the end of the day? Yeah, like like you said, not only was VZ's positioning bad to begin with because he was down low, so any time he hit him, he was going to be getting hit high anyway, but... The important factor here is the way, if you look at Forsberg's positioning, Forsberg had turned around to his back to him, which obviously shows a declination in speed, which is their big hitter. you got to show that you're oh, not God. trying to fall into him. you got to slow down. He slowed down a little bit, turned his back to him, so the hit wasn't substantial. I mean, what more do you want? 
and they didn't call it on the ice. No. Uh, yeah, first of all, not even a minor penalty. Yeah. So if if you have the situation where the refs don't even deem that it is a penalty on the ice, are, is the league going to suspend the refs for not making a good judgment call? No. They're not going to do that. Also, by the way, earlier in that week, um, Gudas from the Philadelphia Flyers literally took off, left the ground, oh, yeah. and checked someone in the face, and yeah. he didn't even get a suspension. That was in the same week. And then you have Forsberg, who really wasn't malicious at all, gets three games suspension for with a first-time no, offense. no history, yeah, no prior. And then you've got Alexi Emelin, who they were calling for his head because of his hit on Mark Stahl. There was plenty of hits in that game. That game got very physical. McLeod just running up, which is hilarious because now McLeod's like, mm, I just want a piece of piece of the action. So he comes up, bumps, I think it was Scott Hartnell. It was Watson. Or Watson, of course. Man, that would have been an epic fight, by the way. I That's what we that. were wanting. Everybody was wanting a McLeod-Watson fight. But, just uh, go at it. I, I don't know. It was, it was such a weird week. It felt like their decision-making was just totally off base. It was just like, oh, Predators – Give him three games. I don't understand why he wasn't just fined. I don't understand maybe one game. I, I, I can't even say maybe one game. When when you look at some of the other videos that did not get an actual suspension, it doesn't make any sense. I didn't feel good about Cogliano's suspension, to be honest. First-time offender? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I feel like some of the dirty players aren't getting more games, and some of the clean players are getting more games. And it's almost like completely opposite. I might have only seen the last. This has been a hot button issue for the last. I know at least the last episode, which means the last three four weeks, uh, maybe only one suspension they got right. I thought Dustin Brown one game. All right, that's that's pretty even. All right, but everything else, it's completely missed. The guy who's had no history gets big suspension. The guy with a dirty hit who's had priors, no suspension. It's getting out of hand. And you ready for this little minor, you know, fine print writing? You can appeal. Yeah. But guess what? If you appeal, then it has to go to the commissioner, who also has a busy schedule, and an arbitrator. So <laughs> you have to remain on suspension until they can hear you. So what if they can't hear you for two weeks? You're going to miss more games than the suspension was even worth. So there is a rule in place that almost negates appealing. Yeah, and I doubt... Gary Bettman's going to overrule his chairman of player safety and no, and because he would admit that he's wrong. Yeah, and that would undermine his. No, it's completely, completely messed up. As far the whole process is messed up, they're getting it wrong, and obviously the fans have noticed, especially that week. So that it's it's been rough, rough, rough week for the player safety board. And it was a rough game for the Rangers as well. Preds beat them five two. Oh yeah, with a goal by Subin, goal by Fiala. Sissons, Arvinson, and a power play empty net goal from Fiala. Yeah, Fiala got really streaky there for those couple games. I think he scored two in back-to-back. Yeah, it was it was a solid win for us. Very physical game, like we said, obviously, with all the controversy surrounding it. Nevertheless, we got to see a little bit of Rick Nash, who we might pick up. Who knows? Don't want him. I, don't, yeah. I wasn't big on it. Overall, a great game. One for five on the power play and one for three on the penalty kill, so... Uh, room for improvement, but uh, our power play has not been very good nope. <laughs> recently. I think, actually, that was our last power play goal. Pretty much when I was since, going through the stats, yeah, I was checking it. them, and I was like, wow, only one power play goal yeah, since the last time we recorded. That's pretty pathetic. Our last power play goal was against the Rangers. So that just lets you know how offensively we're struggling. Anyway, moving on to the next game, Kyle. Yep. Who do we got? Nashville liked playing New York so much, they decided to get into the New York state of mind and go up and play the Islanders. Boy, let me tell you, this game was fast, back and forth, and really fun to watch. Yeah, this was a great This game was to such watch. a fun game to watch. I have so many oh notes on this, I can't even keep going. Go ahead. Just, Probably wasn't the most enjoyable games I've watched all season. I, I, first of all, the first period is frustrating as a Predators uh, a fan because we played their game. Back and forth, not a lot of defense. Like, when we got zone entry, it was like... They played so far off the blue line and allowed the shots to take place. It was only a matter of time because we were peppering them with shots on goal. I mean, 47 shots on goal. We peppered them that game, which is unusual for us. It's odd that our scoring has been kind of hard, especially on the power play, but we've actually been out shooting our opponents for the majority and going back in a few games from last week too. 
Ooh, doing a good we job. We only had 28 shots on goal against the Rangers, but scored five. Right. And then, ironically enough, we started scoring less. Maple Leafs, not to jump too far ahead, two goals, 46 shots. 46 shots on that one. I mean, that bodes well, but we just haven't been able to capitalize on some of the tighter games or the better chances, rather. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, this game was incredible. The first period was frustrating. We played their game too much. We finally settled down defensively, came back. I mean, what? We pulled the goalie, and Johansson scores that beautiful top shelf with like 29 seconds, 30 like seconds, 45 left. seconds left. Oh, my God. I was freaking out because I'm like, that never works for us. Never. Yeah, yeah that was clutch city right there. And it, I mean, he buried it. It wasn't, there was no doubt. You heard the, the iron. And uh, the sweet celebration afterwards, but then we knew we were going to overtime, which we were like, oh, crap, you know, because uh, historically we've not been good, especially last season, this year, way better. But let me tell you, that overtime. That goal. No, no, not even the goal, even the whole overtime. Tavares hit the post once. I nearly had a heart attack, fell on the floor. Mm-hmm. There was a tic-tac-toe play where Pekka made a ridiculous save. I, I mean, I couldn't even believe it. It was one, two, three, all, all the players were open, and he somehow got all the way right to left to do a blocker sa- or a glove hand save and controlled the rebound somehow. Don't really know how he got there. It was, was like... It was incredible. The Both whole goalies. story of the game was cross-crease passes and goals the whole game. It was like, go as fast from right to left as you possibly can and try to stop the goal. Every one of them, it was just incredible. It, it was blistering fast, the pace. But then, finally, there was an open net. I mean, gaping open net and Yossi actually did a stick lift first so defensively he stick lifted turned around had enough energy left to skate out with enough speed to get a two on one with Benino that's right That and and, and the goal was a cross oh crease oh my <laughs> god it was a cross crease but it was like the sauciest pass yeah, that was you'll beauty. ever see like and what's crazy is when you normally get that much sauce on it you can't control it on the other end I don't know how but it just went right on Benino's stick I mean, right on the tape. And then to be able to come cross back, once again, cross-size pass, through two defenders to Yossi with the open net. I mean, goalies all laid out on the ice. You knew that was it. And it was beautiful. I was freaking out. I'm like, man, what an exciting game. That, that has to be the most exciting game I've seen probably all year. It, it was, was awesome. awesome. I As a it. fan, you're just like, yes. Uh, I mean, white-knuckled the whole time, but... You do want some more defense, and we definitely got into their game and their playing style. But and that play should definitely make a highlight reel of the Preds, if not the NHL as a whole. Just how beautiful that goal was. Yeah, I think it actually did make Sports Center's top plays. I think it was the next morning I was watching, and it made like third on there. Yeah, they never let hockey take number one. No, no, it's it's, it's always going to be football so, or yeah, basketball. Some other weak play. So from biased for it, yeah. as far as the sports on 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 Disney, rather because it is Disney. Give me more Barry Melrose. That's what I'm talking so, about. The Godfather. Yeah, man, he just looks great with that suit. Oh, Flip every week hair. his suits, his oh. suits crack me up. Just how just amazing they are. Anyway, we're gonna move on to the next game, which this was kind of a heartbreak because I felt like we played pretty well. Yeah, you know, we I thought we did okay against the Maple Leafs. We had, uh, yeah, forty six shots on goal. That's right. Went to seven rounds of a shootout. <laughs> You know who actually scored the only shootout goal? JVR. Hmm? JVR. Correct, but I was actually talking about our goal. Yeah, you're oh. talking about, was that Ellis's? It was Ryan Ellis. Yeah. And ironically enough, he's like two for three yeah. on on shootouts this year, which is like crazy. He's a defenseman, and even Matt was kind of shrugging his head like, why are we yeah, shooting Ellis? I'm why like, is this well, guy even he's shooting? shooting 66%. So, yeah, he's going to take a shot. He's obviously pretty good at it, so we'll, we'll let him keep going because we suck in the shootout. We do not do well in the shootout. No, we don't. But I'll say probably the best goal of this game actually came from the Leafs, and it wasn't the Preds. It was when PK had his misstep, which allowed uh, uh, yeah. Kapanen to get that puck uh, from misstep him. Misstep or way too aggressive move, <laughs> as I like to call it. But I thought what was even better was when he came back down and Kapanen had that spinorama around Smith, oh, get yeah. it right between Rene on the five hole. I yeah. was like, my gosh, that's beautiful. I don't care what team you're on. Such a great shot. It was a sexy goal. I mean, I'm not going to lie. But once again, in the third, we played really aggressive on them. I was surprised we actually didn't tie it up. It felt like it was one of those only a matter of time things. Just couldn't get one to go. 
tough loss, but we played well in, in the process. And you can't fault us for still picking up one point. Oh, no, not at all. But I will say this. It makes you think that some goalies do have certain teams' numbers. It's well known that Rene plays well against the Oilers. Dominates. <laughs> well, but I, I you mean, forget about that Frederick Anderson plays really well against the Preds, no matter what team he's on. With this win, he was now 7-1 against the Preds. That, it just cracks me up how I feel like there's mental blocks on certain teams, and maybe it's mental block on a goalie that has your number, but he certainly has ours, and I, I don't get it. Because it's not like he's like incredible and he puts up incredible numbers, but my God, once the Preds come to town, he's got to, you know, block 40, 40 set or forty six shots. What's well, like this game going on behind us? You're stumped there with Carter Hutton, third period. Hutton could get a shutout against us, three nil. So. That's he's our old the backup goal in the league right now. Number one in save percentage. Give him the Vesna goals against. Yeah, well, well, how many games has he played, Matt? I don't care. Still number one. Number one, baby. Would you give him the Vesna? Uh, no. We'll, we'll see. He's got to play more games. Yeah. The sample size is low right now. Now, if he starts like 20 or 30 more, you know, towards the end or starts a majority of them, and Jake Allen is now a backup, and he posts those numbers, yes, he'll he'll win. But he's he's got to put in a little bit more time first. So we'll see. Well, moving on to the next one. Preds continue the Eastern Canada road trip and go into the capital of Canada, everybody's favorite city, Ottawa. Got a little smile over there, Matt. <laughs> yeah. You know you want to go see the Sens play in their in their arena? Yeah, I don't Can't know. even feel it for a playoff game. Oh. oh. Well, this game also went to overtime. I think there's going to be a theme yeah. with our recaps this week. So Definitely a theme. Once again. <laughs> this is one. Uh, fell in overtime. Preds have come in. So this is the next game coming in with 12 out of the last 13 points available, though. Talking about going to overtime. I, I mean, here's the deal. As long as we're getting points and we're above win percentage, around 750, you're doing well. I mean, we came out of this whole uh, this whole Eastern Canada trip with uh, – we actually were 7,500. Yes, but you wonder, with Forsberg not being suspended and in the offensive lineup – how much different that would have been? Would some of those games be regulation wins and not overtime losses? You could argue the Maple Leafs game just by the sheer shots on goal. This game, I didn't think we played particularly well. The overtime, oh man, we got so aggressive on this one, and I got so mad while watching it because Joey got bit hard. There was a big juicy puck in front of the net, and he he came way up to try to gain possession. Did not gain possession, however, and Hoffman was behind him at this point. Thus, the breakaway. And at that point, you couldn't even... You can't fault UC either. I mean, he'd had a terrific game. But with that much speed, going left to right, and then trying to cover your five-hole, he almost he almost caught it. But Hoffman made a great play. That was it, unfortunately. But hey, much more you can do about picked that. Picked up another point, And then we moved on to yet another Canadian team. Everybody's favorite original six team, the Hobbs. So there's a lot of storylines with this game. One of them being, we're going to get to in a bit, which is Brendan Gallagher and his PK soup in quotes. I had a friend that went to the game from work, sent me pictures of the uh, ice. Looks amazing. I really do kind of want to go there. She and with the flew results. Up yeah, she flew Montreal. up. Wow. Yeah, I mean, talk about a sweet game to go to. I mean, original six team. I would love to go to that stadium. Yeah, quite a trip. So one of the people I work with who works at the hotel we've got up there, she actually emailed me the next day because uh, she's a hockey fan. She wasn't happy with the loss. But So this was a pretty interesting game. Of course, everybody knows that, what are we in, year two of the trade? Yes, and <laughs> that has obviously uh, worked out really well for us. For some reason, Poyle just has the knack for trading a player and then that player instantly tanking or getting injured on yeah. the other side. I know Shea hasn't been 100% this year, but, man, PK's having a Norris a Norris Trophy year. I mean, he's a front runner now, apparently, uh, from what I was reading today, which he has the numbers. He his, should be. He's, his defense backs it up. Um, so, who knows? Maybe at the end of the year he might be a two-time Norris uh, Trophy winner, but 
obviously that trade has worked out better for us. And there are some, uh, there's some salty Habs. Before we get into that, man, they kind of outplayed us. Are you kidding? Uh, I mean, we look like a peewee team on the ice. First of all, the three stars of the night were Pecorine, Pecorine, and Pecorine because he single-handedly carried that team into OT. It it absolutely blew my mind how many saves he made and forty nine. Forty nine, and I I'll put this as a side note: they had ten. 10 shots on goal in overtime, which are higher percentage goal chances because it's three on three, much more space. He had 10 saves. Are you kidding me? And then guess what? We get into the shootout. He stonewalls them. 0 for 3 with Pacioretty. He snatched Pacioretty's out of midair. He actually elevated it really well. Pekka single-handedly won that game for us. Um, Did not think we, we played very well at all. I mean, the fact that we were actually even up and they tied it to go to overtime. Kind of blew my mind. But that just goes to show you how well Pekka was playing all night. I mean, we did not deserve to win that game. But uh, Hand him the Vezna, Daniel. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that game was a steal from, from Pekka. Um, but because of it, there were some salty halves. But before we get into that, who scored that shootout winner? Who was scored? Was that another Ryan Ellis? It was Ryan Ellis. Isn't that crazy? He must be a, special, a specialist for the shootout, which is hilarious to say because I'm like, our team is not good. <laughs> the specialist. The sniper, Alexi Emelin. <laughs> Ryan Ellis, I the see, shootout I wanna, specialist. I want to see Emelin out there for the shootout next game. But that said, there was a one Canadian player who also scored a goal and also decided to try to check P.K. Subban. And completely missed. And completely missed and fell on his face. And bled. And bled. He, he, he was a little salty. Just uh, a bit. Afterwards. So, Kyle, do you got that quote for <laughs> I do. Because everybody knows when PK comes to town, the Montreal media acts like basic white fangirls and just goes to crazy. It's the second coming. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost ridiculous, the amount of microphones and iPhones that are held up to his face in the locker room. The Montreal media, after the game, went up to Brandon Gallagher and ask him some questions about PK. And he responds to these questions. It was three separate questions. I have his answers, but not the questions. And the first question, he says, his answer is, quote, I don't know why you're asking about him. I think he was, you know, they got a lot of good players. I don't know. What was he? <laughs> Minus one in the game? <laughs> they have a lot of other reasons why we lost tonight. They're a good team. Great goalie. Couple of guys in the back end. Ekholm, Yossi, are probably elite players. And a lot of guys up front that can hurt you. That is the most general. First of all, he jumped to like five different subjects. Uh, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, talk ju- much, bro. But oh yeah, that guy. Oh, he's pretty good. And that was just his first answer. <laughs> Second oh. question was given to him. Answer: It's just battling hard. He was talking, doing what he does. But like I said, I don't know why we're talking about him. That's kind of what he wants. He came in here and tried to make it about PK Subin, which is what he does. We're going to focus on our team. We lost the game. Try and regroup and go from there. Oh, little salty? The man donates $10 million to the Montreal Hospital, and it's about him. Do you see an NFL or a NBA player doing that? Nope. Here's the problem. Um, because Gallagher does not have a personality... And PK does. Not allowed to have personality in Montreal. I, I know. Hence why he was traded. Um, you wonder why the media gravitates towards someone who will you know, be personable and be nice and give you great sound bites and great material for you to write and make a living on? I, I don't know. I think there was some saltiness because of the, the game You know, didn't, <laughs> didn't turn out how he wanted. He also was trying to to check PK during the game and trying to get under his skin after he scored that goal, kind of chirping on the bench. I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things that's like, dude, he's coming back home. Obviously, the fans love him. So, yeah, they're going to write about him. PK doesn't decide who's going to write the articles about him. The writers do. So just chill out a little bit. (laughs) Are you ready for his third answer? Oh, yeah. Hit me. Third answer to the question asked him regarding PK. Like I said... I don't know why we're talking about him. That's what he wants. You can let him talk about himself all night. I'm sure he'll give you guys enough lines. 
I'm not going to help that out. Well, you just did. Well, yeah, by doing that, you've just provided us more than enough. <laughs> <laughs> if you wouldn't have gave such an answer, uh, it wouldn't be a big deal. But yeah, you did. Oh, man, what what a, what a hilarious... Man, it sounds like that guy's a real loser. I don't even want to talk to that guy. Well, you got to think about Montreal's all about, you know, stoic, stone wall, all about the team, can't stand out, which is one of the underlying problems in the NHL is why it's not as popular. It's because they're all about the team and not necessarily standout players, but it's those standout players. For example, Ovechkin, Crosby, Malkin, Subin, Forsberg, people that stand out that make people go out and want to go watch games. Yeah. So not to interrupt too much here, but somehow Bjorn Kark has scored and we just scored a shorthanded goal and it is now two to three. Looks like crazy. it was Watson that scored actually. Uh, it was Bjorn Kark first and now we score the shorthanded with Watson. And there has been some breaking tra- trade news. Matt, can you uh, enlighten us on what just happened, apparently, in a game? Yeah, so apparently the Senators have just traded Dion Phaneuf and Nate Thompson to the Kings in exchange for Marion Gabrick and Nick Shore. Yeah, I mean, this all happened in-game, so uh, it's interesting to see what the Senators are thinking <laughs> right now. Yeah, I wouldn't um, know if they'd fancy themselves big traders and buyers. I thought right they now. were going to be sellers, to be honest, yeah. towards the trade deadline. Actually, to be honest, acquiring people—that's going to be interesting. So I guess we'll have to do another segment on our next podcast, kind of analyzing some of the trade deadlines, obviously, because there's going to be some huge signings and uh, some trade—you know—deadline acquisitions. So we'll have to do a whole special next week. We'll do Absolutely. a trade de- trade deadline edition. So, so before we get into our special segment. Matt, do we got any list of injuries? Oh, yeah, I got a, a bunch of league news. I'll, I'll kind of pepper in the uh, – I kind of went by team this time rather than just do all the injuries and then all the news. I just, I'm going to kind of go down the list by team that if, if they have any interesting things happen. We had already mentioned that uh, the Sabres' Jack Eichel's out for likely a month or so with Boom. an ankle sprain, and that hurts for them. Also uh, – Apparently it didn't because you, know, uh, you, you know who beat – the uh, the lightning tonight, the Sabres without Eichel. Yeah, that's wow. crazy. So go ahead. Um, also, Corey Crawford practiced for the first time on Monday, first practice since December. So maybe making some progress to coming back. We mentioned uh, Dustin Brown had got suspended one game. Also, the Devils Corey Schneider was moved to IR on Monday. He had already been out for a couple days, I believe, but they moved him to IR. And uh, here's a good one. This is going to be some good news for you, Kyle. The Islanders' Matt Barzell, this is a name you better start recognizing, becomes the first rookie in 100 years to score three games of five points in a game. Wow. I will definitely keep looking so up that name. Three five-point nights. He was again, we played against the Islanders the other night. He didn't make a whole lot of noise, but uh, I got scared when I saw him coming on a, on a fast break. <laughs> yeah, we got, uh, Matt, where were we not scared in the Islanders <laughs> game? It was like pew, 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 pew. Yeah, but uh, rookies, uh, he's he's the one to watch out for. Here's a, some backup stats. He's only the 13th player since the 05 season to have multiple five-point nights. The only players with more than two are Malkin, who had – four Crosby who had three and OV to have three and he has three and just a rookie so that's incredible for a rookie Matt Barzell yeah absolutely incredible you know what's even more incredible is the fact that we just tied this game up oh wow three three yeah I was gonna say earlier I don't want to speak out of turn when we were getting our butt kicked but it wouldn't really surprise me if we took this one to OT as well uh, it's just the per the per the trend yep so next on the docket, we have the Rangers' Andre Pavlik. On Sunday, he has sprained an MCL and uh, is scheduled to miss probably two or three weeks for that. And we mentioned contracts. The Capitals have extended a contract to Lars Ehler for five-year, 3.5 mil deal. And also, happy news, uh, the Lightning have retired. I don't know if you saw this either. They retired uh, Vinny LeCavalier's jersey to the Raptors. I saw that some stats about him he was drafted number one overall in 1998 he is a four-time all-star he has a cup he won a scoring trophy with 52 goals in 06 and he set the lightning record in that year with 108 points and now he becomes only the second jersey to have been retired by the lightning joining martin san louis 
And also another record, a couple of records, actually. Um, Capitals' Barry Trotz becomes a fifth coach all time yep. with 737 wins. My boy. Great. That's, that's, a, that's a nice uh, sub line for us as Preds fans because, I mean, he really yeah. he helped us become um, who we are today, really, if you think about it. Um, he was a foundation. So much, much appreciation and, and uh, congratulations to Barry Trotz on that one. So that's fun to see. That's right. And the Canucks' Marcus Granlund is on IR Saturday after ankle surgery, and it's undetermined yet if he'll return before the year is out or not. We don't know yet. And another milestone, actually, it's kind oh. of the week of milestones. Um, another happy subject is Mark Andre Fleury got his 390th win on Sunday, and that he passed, passes yeah. Dominic Hoshik for 13th all time. That's excellent. Good company. That's good company. <laughs> really good company. I love him a lot. So man, there was so much news and injuries. Uh, in this in this segment, they've just been decimated. So, fortunately, the Predators got healed up. So, it's good to be on the other side, especially at this time of year. Um, but man, this week we're kind we're kind of we're kind of torn because normally we do a top five segment right here. But it seems like we have some other news to talk about, and we're going to condense it into one rant a piece. It has to deal with. The Chicago Blackhawks. So, Kyle, what is going on with the Chicago Blackhawks right now? They suck. <laughs> Whoa. Concise answer. Yeah, that, that's straight to the point. But would you have thought this time last year that we'd be talking about the Chicago Blackhawks and being in last place in the Central? Uh, okay. I, I, I would not have thought it would have been this bad. Um, it's a however, when we go back and revisit our episode on predictions, preseason predictions, we did predict, however, that the Blackhawks were not going to win the division. Kind of saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. We didn't really like the um, getting the band back together with older players edition. It's like a reunion tour, but you're not selling tickets now. It's going to be... <laughs> It's going to be interesting because now they are now they are negative in the goal differential. But what was the straw that broke their backs? I would say it had to be the loss to Arizona last night. Lost How bad? six to yeah. one. Six to one against the Coyotes, putting a cherry on top of their six-game losing skid. It's bad. It's it is bad. It, it was officially a freakout mode. So um, I was with Kyle. And we were looking at the score. I think we were just casually checking our phones, and I was like, "Oh, look, Kyle, it's uh, it's um, two to one." And then all of a sudden, three to one, then four to one, then four to one. And my God, it is still the second period, and I'm like, "What is going on here? This this is pretty terrible." And the next thing we know, like once the damage is done, it's six to one. But there was. A firestorm that erupted from this game. Yes. I've never seen anything like it. Absolutely crazy on Twitter. The fans went nuts. The fans went in in the arena went nuts, by the way. Started booing their own team on on the road. Your fans came to see you and and you get booed again. So not only was the, the away crowd booing, you were getting booed as well by your own fans. Definitely, and there was one particular reporter who basically laid it out. Mark Lazarus is a beat writer for the Chicago Blackhawks, and because of the firestorm controversy of the Blackhawks being in their last 10, they are 2-6-2. This is a team that likes to pride themselves on winning a cup three times in six years. Three times in six years. Okay, hold on. Let me harp on this for a second. So in the last eight years... They've won three times, 37.5% of the time. You've won the championship. I think I finally realized it's not the fact that I don't like the Blackhawks. I like a lot of their players. I, I'm, I will gladly admit this. I do not like Kane, one, but other players, Taze, Seabrook, I do enjoy watching them play. They've been elite and talented uh, players in the league for many years. But it's the fans. It's the fans that do it for me. You've become so self-entitled as a fan base and an organization that if your team isn't winning a cup every year, or, my God, they're winning 37.5% of the time in the last eight years, by the way, 
Uh, any other team would kill to have that record. 13 teams in the league that have not won a cup. And your team's won three times in the last eight years? Give me a break. You want to know something else? Here's the deal. This is going to be a good one for you, Matt. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings in the last 20 years have won how many How many cups? I don't know. Four. Four. So they've actually done statistically better than the Blackhawks in the last 20 years. But the last several years, you've started to see the decline. A lot of your old players, all of those favorites going out the door. Tell me about it. It's bad. 20-year streak of making the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Best, I per, I personally think the best ever streak, because that's impressive to make the, the playoffs 20 straight years. Did you see Red Wings fans booing and showing that much disrespect for a team that is in decline? Yeah, no, that doesn't happen with us. It is odd to see the way that Chicago is responding to that. That such saltiness. It's like their whole culture is just a bunch of sour grapes right now. And I don't, I don't quite get it because we saw that a little bit with the Penguins too. But what is it that makes them that way? I don't I don't understand. I think it's because you did have so many bandwagoners there for a while. But it's like, man, how can you hate the team? Like, I mean, some of the tweets that we were seeing, absolute hate, hatred towards the team. And I'm like, guys, like I love hockey. But man, you're taking it to a whole new level of just self entitlement and like getting so involved and so emotionally invested that you're like, you don't know or can comprehend when a team hasn't won. Go ahead, Kyle. I think you got some tweets. Yep. So, this, like I said earlier, is from Mark Lazarus. He is the beat writer for Chicago Blackhawks. He had a nice little Twitter rant because he just got tired of listening to the fans complain about it. <laughs> so, he says on Saturday, quote, What astounds me is how much so many of you seem to hate these guys. You don't lament Seabrook's decline. You despise him for it. You hold his contract against him like he robbed you personally, as if you would have turned it down. You don't wonder if Jonathan Taves is slipping. You want to fire him into the sun for slipping. We'll take him. You hate him. You hate Jonathan freaking Taves. All Duncan Keith has done is win two Norris trophies and a Conn Smythe. And you hate him because he lost a step in his 13th season. You don't lament his contract. You hate him, and you want him gone. I don't want to be homery here. This season is a disaster in many ways. But get a grip and get some perspective. You got three cups in nine years, and you hate these guys. What the kind of fan are you? Be sad. Be frustrated. Rage against management, sure. Want them traded for cap reasons, even. That's all legitimate and warranted in some cases, but the vitriol you spew at players who brought you so much over the years, get a grip. Do you know what most fans would have would have given to have a decade like you had? Right. I, I think that goes back to the point I said. So many teams haven't won it's, it. It's almost, it's like a weird look at bandwagon fan because rather than these guys, it's like they don't even like hockey because I like hockey and I love almost all the teams. And it's not about winning because there's only one team who wins. So being a hockey fan isn't about winning. It's about enjoying the sport and, and what it is. So you've got all these Chicago fans that who just are so obsessed win. about a championship that they don't they don't like the process of what it takes to win the championship. They only care about the end result rather than enjoying the entire journey. And if they don't have a championship, that's all that's all they care about. They don't like hockey. It's that's obvious. And it's like in the salary cap era, it is so difficult i say this all the time to people that don't understand hockey hockey is the most difficult sporting championship in the world to win it's true you're talking you've played 82 games essentially for seeding and then you have another four sets of seven potentially up to 28 games playing against the best athletes in the world who are the hottest in a very physically demanding sport Almost every other night. Almost every other night. Compared to football, one game playoff, single elimination, you're done. Hockey, not so. Like you said, games where you're playing four to seven games per series, and then you're doing road travel back and forth. I'm just saying, it, it's hard to win a championship every year. It's hard to to, to repeat. Credit to the Penguins. I mean, we give the cre- Penguins a lot of crap, but they repeated in the salary yeah. cap era. Uh, so did... I was going to say, we were even mentioning it when they did that. When they repeated, the last people to do it was Detroit. Detroit, and that was, and least, that was at least 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago, and I think pre-salary cap era, if I'm not mistaken. It's just, 
it, it's crazy that a fan base could become that emotionally invested. And I never, oh my God, don't let this be said for the Predators because here's the deal. We do have a positive outlook for our team over the next several years. We have great prospects. I think even Matt would have to break down and agree. We do look like we're going to be cup contenders for the next couple years. Yeah. Don't let it be said of our fan base and our our great group of people that we have in Nashville that we get to a place and a position where we might win a cup or two and we have to win a cup every year to either fill the seats or if if that doesn't happen, if we're not winning a cup or nothing, we're booing our own team off the ice and we absolutely spew all this hatred on our team. Let it not be said of any Predators fan. Let it not be said of any other fan, I might add. Um, Detroit didn't do it, so I'm sorry, Blackhawks fans. You might need to take a little a little lesson from Detroit. That might ooh, that might hurt a little bit. So what you're saying is you take a truckload of salt up to Chicago. Just dump it. They're so salty right now. It's just ridiculous. It's like I'm si- it's crazy that I'm siding with Penguins, I'm siding with Red Wings, and I'm actually even siding with the Blackhawks players themselves. But right now the fans have one hundred percent legitimately solidified in my mind they are the worst fans in the NHL. One hundred percent. There's no doubt in my mind now. I do not hate the Blackhawks team. I hate the Blackhawks fans. I have made that up in my mind this week, now after this. So I'm just saying, it's rough, and it's rough to watch right now. They're playing Vegas again tonight. Whew. This could be interesting. Well, Daniel, I think we're in agreement with you that Blackhawks team is not the problem. It's the fans. It's just hard to see right now, and it's it, it just hurts the NHL as a whole when, when other people look at it and they're like, man, really? I mean, is this what they're about? It's not all about that. Matt had it right. It's about having fun and enjoying the game of hockey rather than championships. Enjoy the chase for the cup. It's the chase for the cup for a reason. There you go. <laughs> so, and, and speaking of chase, actually, uh, update, we just won in OT. What a comeback. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we scored three goals in the third. Yeah. And then Forsberg gets a penalty shot in OT after he made a power move. And slots it right over old teammate Hutton there. I've never seen a penalty shot in overtime. I mean, a penalty shot's rare to begin with, but one in overtime? Well, he, he totally had a, a step on him, and he was right in front of Hutton, so he had to take the penalty. That's a sweet way to go out. I wouldn't have imagined we would have went to OT, but I had it right to begin with. I said, you know, it wouldn't surprise me because of the way we've been playing, taking everything to OT. So. To be honest, though, we've been, we've been coming back, which is, I'm not saying it's good. <laughs> I would prefer to be up. But at least the last several wins that we've we've gotten to overtime, we've come back, we've shown resilience, we're getting there, we're still getting the points. So, man, what a huge comeback win on this one, though. That's got to hurt as a Blues fan. Sorry, Blues. We just keep coming. We're going to crush you. On to the next game. And speaking of games, Daniel, what's next? All right. Well, we opened our homestand tonight with St. Louis. The next game will be Thursday against the Calgary Flames. Then... On the schedule, circled for Matt, is Saturday the 17th against the Detroit Red Wings. That's right. Possible game for Matt, depending on his move-in schedule with the house. But uh, we're going to move quickly on to the Ottawa game on Monday uh, at home again. But this, uh, oh man, we're going to have a back-to-back in Detroit. So Ottawa to Detroit really quick. Um, Then we're going to wrap up another home game. Uh, against San Jose on the 22nd. Um, we hopefully should record by this next week, but I'm going to go ahead and say that Sunday, the 25th, is another home game against St. Louis. So more Central Division points up for grabs. And then we'll wrap up in Winnipeg, a huge, huge Central Division game. Yeah, and I was looking at the schedule. One. We actually play Winnipeg three more times. And what's crazy is I honestly think whoever wins two out of the three of those games will finish first in the division. It'll, it'll depend on, I mean, you got to take care of business in your other games, but three more games against Winnipeg, first and second in the division, respectively, it's going to be awesome finish for the Central Division. And Rene had quite the finish tonight. Mm. Mm. How about you just take us out, Kyle? Yeah, I think that's a good time to leave. So, all right, guys, 
This has been Music City Gold. If you like the show, you can find us on Twitter at Music City Gold. You can find me at Kyle Hancock. Daniel can be found at C Dan Drum. Matt can be found at MattBain31. Once again, this is Music City Gold, part of the Penalty Box Radio Network. You guys have a great week. We'll see you on the ice. <laughs>